last time on Join the Party. We go to the opera, or we are cajoled into being in the opera. Does anyone know how to sing? But first, we run into Greg, who is not happy to see our party. That's fine, because Tracy is not excited to see Greg. Tracy, do you have something to say? Yeah, I said you're being kind of an unapologetic, unempathetic jerk. But back to the opera. Johnny survived an attack from a rope and fleshed out his bit part. He is injured, blood coming out of him because of the blood packs. Tracy reads his line perfectly, and Inara is a revelation as the butt of a manticore. She also fights the costume while inside the costume, which is just as good as you think it is. Hopefully, surprisingly, I don't know if this muse expects an attack from inside its own butt. I guess there's nowhere to go now. Might as well take some classes and learn something. Let's get the party started. Tracy slams the playbill down on the desk next to the compass. Let's just cut to the chase here. Oh, hello. No one says hello anymore? Yeah, that's the part that we can skip over, man. Okay. <laughs> I was fine. Okay. Hello. Yes, this you did it. Good. I heard great reviews. You were all very, very talented. I'm Wonderful. So okay. What did the review say? Was it? No, no, Tracy. No, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Tracy, ne- never read them. It's better for your mental health. Uh, two more trials to go. It's fine. Okay. Go on, what do, you, what do you want to do next? It's fine, it's fine. The fact that you're saying it's fine so much leads me to believe that it probably isn't fine, but this is within sight. Uh, Madam Speaker, any help for us here? This is getting exhausting. Anara, you look around as you assume that the Speaker is sitting in her usual chair as she was, and she's not there. Well, that's embarrassing. Bridge didn't return to his spot as well. There is no one else in the dome other than you three and the compass. Uh, guys, where did everyone go? I'm assuming Bridge is hanging out with Greg, but, uh, Zael, where's, uh, the speaker? She's also hanging out with Greg. I think that's not true. Ah. The speaker's never hung out in her life. I don't know. She said that she stepped out to get some air, and then I haven't seen her since. I don't know. Who can say? For a compass, you're really bad at lying. I am, first of all, hurtful. So does she have to go get some air? It's fine. I just let her go where she wants to go. Also, I'm literally the god of... I'm only the god of time. Not of lying. And dying. <laughs> so I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Can I roll insight as yes. to... Thank you. I got 17. I rolled a 7, and even though I gave it plus 9, you still beat me. Oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> I know he's lying, but I also want to, like catch him. Yeah. yeah. No. You know for a fact that he's a liar. <laughs> yeah, that's clearly a lie. And I think we both know that we know it's a lie. And I think I know that you know that I know that we it's know. a lie. And that we all know it's a lie. And that um, that dice roll I just did says it's a lie. I, I, so what happened? The compass spins its hand a few times and as if it's shrugging. It goes from like east to west and east to west. I don't know. Maybe she had some business with some of the other gods. It's, uh, she doesn't work for me. We're so. trying to 
get all of this done and we're all really tired and I saw what happened when she placed her hand on you. You are spying on me, so, young man. No, no, I, I just I just forgot something, so we had to run back for a second. It was my uh, c- cigarettes. <laughs> Nara! You, you can't smoke! It's very bad for your health! Dude, I'm staring at Tracy. You could get lung cancer, you could get emphysema, uh, you could, I have jokes. this pamphlet here for you. That's a- <laughs> of course you have pamphlets. Roll for deception, because God Oh God, and this is the God of lying. 18 plus 3 for a 21. Whoa! <laughs> You're lucky also, the DC of that was also extremely high and you beat it. Oh, uh, well, I agree with, uh, with a Warforged friend. It's bad for your health. You might, you can't grow up big and strong like your good, uh, your good friend Zaul. Y- yeah, you know. I'm You're a-, a compass. I am an unfathomable being that helped create the world in which we all exist, but currently I am a compass. Okay, compass. And you're really good at creating that, problems. That is literally why I came into beings, I guess. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, I'll do this for you. I will look into my godly contacts and see where she went. I'll take care of that for you. You guys go. You go over to the horse stables. They need you. Could I, like, look yes. for, like, divination specific to her stuff? Does that make Make an sense? arcana check. 13 plus 5 is 18. With an 18, you still sense the presence of the speaker in the dome, but you don't know where her magic is coming from. Interesting. I, you can't center on a particular point. Well, uh, I've not done anything. I've just been standing here calmly, so I'm just going to go through this portal now. And I'm rushing off because I want to see what happens with the Arcanai. I want to go. I want out. <laughs> and Art casts Mage Hand and uses it to flick the compass about four inches to the left on the desk. Here's what happens. Zeol says, Ouch. You heard? That was hurtful. Ouch. Ouchy. And our shrugs and walks backward through the portal. And um, you've actually flipped the compass over. You get a good look at the back of the compass. Oh. There is a picture of a key etched into the back of the compass. And you're starting to get a good look at it. It's like an ornate key. It has like three teeth. And on the handle, there are three ornate triangles that are put together to make a triangle. With her mage hand, Inara is going to flip it back over, pat it on the face, and then walk backward through the portal. As the portal opens, you feel the crisp wind of a new fall day. Tracy boldly steps through the portal. (laughs) Good. All right. With the arcade eye, the compass just sits there for like a minute. Like it's waiting to make sure that you're gone. And then it starts to shake and roll on its own. Like something is fighting literally internally inside of the compass. And before anything else dramatic happens, the connection cuts out. Cool. You know, it's actually fitting that it is fall because you are standing outside of a massive frat house. Oh no, it's Horse of Fraternity. I put on my hazmat suit. Welcome to the house of Ada, Omicron, Rho, Sigma, Epsilon. The All Centaur Fraternity at University of Chronopolis, Ukron. As you're standing outside, a centaur comes bounding out from the front door. He says, oh yeah, we got new recruits. Come on inside. Studious at day and party at night. 
University of Cron, fight, fight, fight. We win all the sports and we get past all our tests. And University we dress in of layers because the climate is a mess. Hey! Nice fight song. Let's go, Kranz. Let's go, Kranz. Let's go, Kranz. Let's go, Kranz. Okay. So the horse house, it's two stories. It's very stately. There are columns surrounding everything. The angle of the roof is giving a ton of shade from the uh, dappled fall sunlight that's coming down. The facade is pretty unadorned. There's no carvings or writings. As I said, there are nude, uncapped columns that support the pediment in the front that creates an area that the frat uses, of course, as a porch space. On the porch, you see some empty kegs, a collection of lawn animals that are likely stolen from other houses, and a place for a game of horseshoes. But there are two very important differences. This frat house is made entirely of dark volcanic rock, and you can't see any windows from the outside. Oh, good. Johnny's going to put on his most broy outfit. I'm wearing a kimono anyway over it, but it actually like... That's a very good morning after a frat party look. Guys, I'm literally a cop. <laughs> <laughs> like, this you, is not going to go You know, well. if someone asks you if you're a cop, you have, have to, to tell, tell them. them. <laughs> so as you are standing outside of the frat house, the centaur calls to you three from the porch and says... Oh, you guys the new recruits? Uh, no, yes? I feel like if you're going to be pledges here at Horse, you should probably know better. Uh, 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 I... I... Guess? Yes. Yes. That is us. All right, cool, 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 cool. You, you can come closer, it's fine. Tracy takes one step forward. He's a little nervous. Johnny goes up and says, Hey, fellow frat guy, and goes for a high five. Oh, nice. What up, bruh? Slap. <laughs> I'm not very good at high five, so I have to emphasize it by saying the word slap. Hey, no problem. I can teach you how to do cool uh, high fives. Oh, nice, nice, nice. What up? My name's Onion. I'm the frat pledge master. I did not know that we were going to have anybody new here in the springtime during spring break, but I'm so glad that you've decided to join up with Horse. Tracy has his hand up for a high five. Oh, nice. Another high five. A slap. <laughs> um, it's fall? Oh, no, no, no. It's spring. It's spring break. Yeah, of course it's spring break. I he, do that. Hey, you got any... The leaves, though, like, you see the... Listen, just because the weather is kind of doing its own thing doesn't mean that we can't stay directly on top of the academic calendar. That's yeah. the only thing that governs all of our parties, bruh. The, yeah, academic, the academic calendar? calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Hey, you got any cool uh, cleaning that has to happen? Oh, man, you are so... This guy, <laughs> this guy just jumps out and he wants punishment. I love it. Hey, that's the true frat way, man. Uh, yeah. Extremely good. Okay, we're gonna... Uh, I mean, we were just about to make all of the pledges go down and clean our stables. That sounds like a great job for us, actually. You guys... mean, it seems like hazing and probably against the rules of the university, but... Hey, zing. Inara holds up her hand for high five. <laughs> Tracy doesn't know what he's done. Onion turns to Inara... And says, Pledge, we take hazing extremely seriously here. It is obviously forbidden by the college rules to do any sort of hazing or bringing people along and, and intimidating them. They just kind of do things 
as favors right. to us. Yeah. Pledge. Yeah. Understood. If you wanted me to do you the favor of cleaning out your stables, I would do that. Cool, cool. I'm glad we're all on the same page. I do, really I nice. do actually really love cleaning. Hey, you have any uh, cans of artificial darkness I can chug before we go do this? <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. Oh, my artificial darkness. This guy that, is my favorite beer. It's that porter that just goes down so smooth, but it's so light. This guy. Oh, there will be plenty of time for drinking. Hey, you're over 21, right? Yes. I'm, okay, cool, I'm cool, 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 cool. Significantly older than cool, 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 cool. I just have to ask that because we're like standing outside my house. It's cool, 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 cool. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, come on inside. So he walks in. He's like, yo, McHugh, I know that you were worried about me being the pledge master, but I got it. Uh, and two of them seem to be continuing education students, which is very cool. And it shows us like a welcoming sort of place to be. So inside, you just see one floor. A lot of the first floor is actually just one large room. And it's divided with makeshift wooden walls. And they've been painted and repainted just without concern for color or style or whatever the paint. But as long before. as it doesn't reach the ceiling, it doesn't break any health codes. Exactly. And zoning laws. Uh, there are portraits of other notable centaurs in the frat's long history. What are some of the names of the highly regarded ones on the wall? <laughs> there is uh, Jimothy the Bold. <laughs> Good. There is McCracken. <laughs> Jimothy the Bold. What was he so bold about? You know, it's funny. Underneath each photo, there's like a little description of why they were so great. Jimothy the Bold stood up to the dean of Unicron. Unicron! To make sure that there were acceptable party hours for all types of races. Good. That's Good. legit. Yeah. Uh, McCracken came back from spring break and told everyone that he fought a Kraken. <laughs> and then they, they don't remember his real name. He's just McCracken now. Sure. Cool. What about Tom Five Hooves? Bergeron. Bergeron. He's known for an epic party where he carried around a magical staff all the time, saying that he had five legs, and then the staff fused to his body, and so he actually had five legs. Good, and he good. could shoot magic missile whatever he wanted. Good. Yeah, so there are some very good boys, horse boys, all over the walls. The furniture is mostly cheap tables. <laughs> There's, there are beanbag chairs scattered around for anyone to just kind of flop onto. Oh, those must be disgusting. They're very gross. Tracy says on one. No! Oh, God. Make a constitution check. Uh. <laughs> That's a crit one. <laughs> Tracy, it's real stanky. Tracy is quickly forming his opinion of frats. Yeah. Okay, so you could also see that there is a ramp going up. To the second floor. And there's there centaurs, a, that makes sense. Exactly, that and was... there is a ramp going down into a basement. Two centaurs come down from the second floor. One of them is a little bit larger than the other one, and he's wearing a backwards baseball hat that has horse on it. And the other one is a little bit smaller with white spots on his brown coat, uh, and he has glasses on. The large one comes in and says, Onion, why do you yell all the time? Can you just, like, chill... For like two seconds, please. Who who are these people? Oh man, they're the new pledges. You can find, you can join Vanjor. Yeah, I mean, good. You were supposed to be the pledge master, and you literally got one person. So I thought that getting another person would be better. Congratulations, thank you. Uh, you don't have to run this stuff by me. I'm not the president. Yeah, but you're like the highest ranking dude here. 
So like, I have to report to you. I I don't care. I I really don't care. Hi, hello. My name's McHugh, vice president here at Horse. And while everyone is on spring break, I guess I am in charge. Hello. Yeah, we're we're continuing education students. That's why you haven't seen us before. It's a good cover, right, guys? It's really good. Good job. Why are we whispering in front of them? Thanks. They can't hear you if you whisper. That's apparently false. I literally could not care. I know you're lying, but I literally do not care as long as there are new people here at the horse house. Joe, how does it really matter if like these people are actually students? Like, is that fine? The other poor horse pushes up his glass and says, uh, yeah, I mean, if they get checked by campus security, that might be bad. But like, as long as they're not around and no one's really here for spring break. So it should just kind of be fine. Great. Hi, I'm Anara. Hi, I'm, I'm Tracy. Wave at Joe. Hi, I'm, I'm Joe. Gonna... Wave at Anara. Hey, I'm Johnny Bro Goodlight. Hey. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you have any questions about what's going on, I know the history of this place. If you have any cool questions, um, I'm going to go back. I guess you, do you need us for anything? And I'm just like, no, man, I'm just going to tell him to go down with Vanjor and like get to work. McHugh's like, all right, well, if we're going to have a party, I really, really, really need those bathrooms to be clean. So just like take care of that. I mean, we can't have a party unless the basement is spotless. So please go take care of it. It's so gross down there. All right. The the downstairs is a bathroom? Yeah, this is oh, the basement. Not it. Hard not it. Tracy, that's literally what we're here to do. Shit. <laughs> Onion's like, yeah, no, no, don't worry. I got to take care of it. It's fine. Vanjor, he's going to finally have some friends to play with. Don't say, no, don't say it like that. That makes us look suspicious. Onion, you got to graduate. so uh onion uh, is leading all three of you down into the basement so you're walking down this rickety ramp that goes to the basement it is dim but there are still a few lamps along the walls it's very clear that the parties are held in the basement there is a wooden bar that's built into one of the walls and there's a short wooden platform stage opposite for like bands and performers (laughs) there are also remnants of broken bottles and cans of artificial darkness and solo cups and other party paraphernalia that litters all over the floor you look over onto the other wall that's like in between the stage and the bar (laughs) there's a portrait of an extremely drunk centaur that is slightly blurred and distorted and is looking directly out into whoever's looking at the portrait and the caption below says if you think this is a mirror the toilets are behind you classy that's very good so pointing in that other direction down the hallways behind the sign is the bathroom it's fairly large and there are several stalls for just kind of like doing your business, but they're like horse stalls because like Centaur just kind of like backs up into them. The walls of the stalls are wooden and built later, but the toilets themselves are composed of the same dark stone as the walls and of everything else. These bathrooms are nasty. Really, at some point, the brothers from the house, uh, there's like 30 of them, which Onion is like describing every one of their names and nicknames and likes and dislikes as you're walking down. They're kind of just like doing their business wherever they want to. So right before pledge season, they always make all the pledges scrub everything in the bathroom. And it is uh, nasty and everything needs to be scrubbed down there. Standing outside of the bathrooms is a smaller centaur. He's pretty short, kind of like a pony size for a centaur. And he's wearing also wearing a backwards horse hat and a baggy horse hoodie. He turns around and drops uh, a mop, a scrub brush, and a shovel. Uh, onion, onion. I, was, onion, I was just about to get started. I, I was going to get in there and clean everything, and it's going to be great. 
And Anya says, oh, yeah, guys, this is, this is a new pledge. I found some new pledges, some new friends for you, pledge. And you guys are going to clean this together. It's got to be sick. The pledge waves to you three and says, hi. Uh, welcome. It's pledges. Hey, what's your name? I'm Tracy. Uh, I'm Van Van Jor. Um, okay, Anya, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get started, and I guess now that we have we have I have help, and it's gonna be great. Yeah, um, Anya, why don't you go away for a little bit? We'll do this. Yeah, don't worry about it. We got this, man. Go go take a load off. All right, pledge. I just you need to get in there. You gotta really clean it. Um, yeah, it's pretty simple. We clean the things. Just hey, just, shut up, pledge. I will literally chop you in half. <laughs> Make an intimidation roll. <laughs> yeah, this onion character needs to be taken down a notch. You know, I hear he has real layers, though. <laughs> 14 plus 3 for 17. All right, cool. Okay. Um, you know, I have more communications homework to do anyway. Good. I got to do extra credit. Cool. Uh, so I'm just going to I'm gonna go. But right, you guys have fun. Pledges. You guys go have fun. Thanks. All hey, right. You should probably practice, uh, I don't know, Spanish a little. Shut up. <laughs> he clops away. <laughs> Vanjor turns to you three and says, uh, all right, I guess I guess we should do this, huh? Vanjor, don't worry about it. We got it. Johnny? I put on my hazmat suit, and I'm just going to press digitate. Can I tell you something exciting? Yes. Everybody roll for initiative. Oh, come on. This is how I feel every time I go to clean my bathroom, though. Yeah, for sure. Oh, not 20. Ooh, hey now. You're an all-star. Get your game on. Don't play. <laughs> I see that number. I'm laugh my number. It's my personal number. <laughs> it's a bad number. Johnny, would you roll? 17. Uh, your boy has a five. Hey. Don't forget. Brandon, oh, you yeah, come through when it Oh, I didn't forget. <laughs> I did add my pluses. Oh. I want you to treat the bathroom like a monster. And cleaning the bathroom basically is going to follow the rules of engagement. Okay. Uh, the, I'm going to have a certain number of hit points, which is the filth <laughs> of the bathroom. And once you hit zero, the bathroom is clean. You can attack on your turn with one of three weapons which Vanjor was holding before. A mop, a scrub brush, and a shovel. The shovel is strength-based, and the two other are dexterity-based, and they all do 1d6 cleaning damage. However, if you come up with creative other attacks, you can do it in different ways, and I already have prestidigitation written down <laughs> as a 1d6 guaranteed attack. Also, if you got, if you put on your hazmat suit, I will tell you when you have advantage. I hand Inara her hazmat suit as we're at the precipice of this mighty foe that we have against us. I like it. Alright, Inara, you clean first. What do you want to do? I'm going to get on the grind machine and do laps around the bathroom while pointing the holy water decanter up at the top of the walls, like where the wall and the ceiling meet. Because when cleaning a bathroom, one of many tips I'm about to lay down on people, you do want to start from the top and go down, because that's where the drains are. I like that. I want you to make a dexterity roll for how deft you are at riding the grind machine around this nasty bathroom. Uh, it's a 14 plus 7 for 21. Okay, you are able to definitely uh, steer around all the piles of poop on the floor, and you start to power wash around the ceiling. I want you to roll 2d6. I got a 6 and a 2. Hell yeah, that is 8 points of cleaning damage. Bang. Johnny, it is now your turn. How do so, you want to clean? So I'm fairly uncomfortable at this whole situation. Johnny's going to just, from where he's standing, start press the digitating the space in front of him so he can walk in on already clean stuff. Okay, press the digitation gives you an automatic 1d6 cleaning roll, so roll that d6. 
that is a five. All right, five points of cleaning damage. It is now the bathroom's turn, and I'm going to roll <laughs> a d6 and see what happens. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. All right, with a three, Vanjor looks at you three, and he says, guys, we're never going to get out of here. It's... It's, <laughs> it's like, this place, how is this filthy place so possible? It shouldn't be this possible. I want you to roll wisdom for existential dread. 15. Nine. You know how Tracy's really good at wisdom? Yeah. Oh, babe. Uh, two. Okay. Aww. So Johnny Johnny slaps Vanjor, and he's like, oh, well, I know. Snap I out of it, Snap out of it. But Johnny and Tracy, you two are overcome with existential dread, so you need to take the next turn to contemplate the life choices that brought you there. Oh, no. Damn, that's real. <laughs> that's uh, also very fair. I'm not happy in here. Yeah. Uh, Vanjor takes uh, the mop and then starts using the water from the power scrubbing and is going to uh, try to mop some stuff up. Yeah, that hits, and he is going to do three points of cleaning damage. Tracy, how are you overcome with existential dread? I'm sitting down on the edge of the ramp, just sort of like looking around and saying, this is it. This can't be. This <laughs> 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 just can't. So dirty. It's a different color than it started. <laughs> what? You can't even, there's not even a floor here. I just <laughs> All right, we're coming back to Anara. Anara, what do you want to do? How do you want to clean? I'm going to grab the scrub brush and finish kind of washing down the walls, being as acrobatic as possible, really. So I'm going to, like, try to jump up onto the sink. I'm going to try to, like, tumble from sink to sink. I'm going to grab onto the window ledge, make sure I get up into the nooks and crannies. I can do a one-handed cartwheel, sticking one hand with the scrub brush out against the wall so that I cartwheel continuously making loops of cleanness on the walls. You know, normal things. This is my and one mixtape of my cleaning run. You spell your name on the wall. I do, in cursive. That's a great point, Tracy. Why don't you make an acrobatics roll for me? I see how it is, Dice. <laughs> uh, luckily, I'm very acrobatic, so a six plus ten for a sixteen. Hell yeah, yeah, you get that done. It looks very cool. And roll one d six for cleaning damage. A one. Oh no. You know it's pretty, but it's not that effective. That's fair. Johnny, how are you racked with existential dread? So when I slapped Vanjor to get him to like not freak out, yeah. When he stepped back, he splashed into a puddle of unknown liquids <laughs> that splashed onto my hazmat suit. I was immediately taken aback, and I'm outside of the room just casting and recasting Prestidigitation to clean myself, and it's like spotless, Yeah. but I'm just like, no, clean. I, if clean. someone was filming it, it'd be in black and white, and then Mad World would be playing. <laughs> All around me are Prestidigitation, Prestidigitation. I like it. It is now the bathroom's turn. Oh, no. I rolled a six. Everyone roll a constitution saving throw. People who are wearing hazmat suits get advantage. 10. 19. I got 19 plus 6 for 25. Hell yeah. yeah. So constitute. Anara, because you got all up on the filth while you were cleaning it, it assaults your senses. It is just everywhere, and you need to take a moment to chill, but you're, you were really starting to feel sick, so I'm going to roll damage for you. Five points of filthy damage. 
Yep. It is Van Jort's turn again, and he's going to take the scrub brush from Anara and be like, Anara, I got you. Pledge needs to stick together. Van Jor. And Van Jor's going to try to get in on those toilets with the scrub brush. Brave man. Yeah. It's too much. I can't do it. I just can't do the it. The walls are closing in. I can't in. do it. Uh, <laughs> Tracy, it's your turn. You are overcome your existential dread. How do you want to proceed? Uh, I stand up and I sort of shake myself off. Is anything broken in the room? Yeah, there are two sinks on one of the walls, and one of them does not work. No, no, like, is anything literally broken, like, physically broken? Yeah, well, the thing is, the reason why the sink doesn't work, it's because it's on the ground, and it's not attached to anything. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So Tracy's going to walk over on his tiptoes away from the sink and cast a ritual of mending to try to fix the sink. What do artificer spells look like? So for Tracy specifically, it's his sigils on this body sort of glows orange, and there's, like, a sort of centerless energy that sort of ephemerally covers the sink in orange nice. glow. It takes a little bit of time, but eventually it just starts to pick itself up and mend itself. I like that everyone's trying to clean, and you're just like picking up the sink and standing there and glowing. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Roll another uh, d6. So that'll count as cleaning damage. That's two. Alright, two more. Um, and I also have an extra attack. To it. So with my second attack, I'm going to shoot my thunder cannon, which is full of like, yes, let's say, Brandon, so smart. Let's say deodorizing. Power. No, that's fair. <laughs> and shoot it around the rooms to try to get some of the stink out. I like it because it's like it's poison in there. Right. It's an antidote. It's another antidote. Yeah, roll another d6. That was great. That's a six. Hell yeah. Hey. Nice. All right. I think with the deodorizer in, in uh, Tracy's gun, the bathroom is starting to look like really good and actually be cleaned up. But the bathroom does one more one more attack. <laughs> Revenge of the bathroom. <laughs> Bathroom's last stand. Okay. I rolled a four. Uh, again, the stench of the room is trying to overtake all of you. I want you to make another constitution saving throw. Uh, advantage. Yeah. And people who wear hazmat suits have advantage. 18 plus 4 for a 22. Hell yeah. 5 plus 2. 10 plus 6 for 16. Nice. And so Anara, again, the smell of the bathroom makes you feel I'm real very bad. Small. So I think that you vomit inside the hazmat suit, and unfortunately the hazmat suit is no longer helpful to you. <laughs> yeah, because I'm already out of it. Yeah. That's how quickly I get out of that so hazmat suit. So please strike the hazmat suit from your inventory. It has been stricken. Good. Hey, you defeated the bathroom. Yay? Yay. Woo? There's been too much loss. <laughs> At what cost, At Eric? What? At what cost? As you all try to recover from your senses, uh, Vanjor calls out, hey, hey. Whoa, what is that? Vanjor is pointing to one of the bathroom walls, and it turns out that there is writing on the wall. And it's written in a strange language that Anara and Tracy and Vanjor have never seen before. Do you know that I can read literally anything? Can you read anything? anything? Hey, DM, I'm reading. Sure. Retainer, these trials are for you. Pass and be rewarded. And as Johnny says that out loud, the wall slides over to the left and you see a dark dark, dark hallway looking back at you. Hey, it's Amanda. If, like me, you love the cold weather, you might know the feeling of waking up in the morning and putting your feet on the floor for the first time that day. Maybe there's a little chill on the floorboards. Maybe your window is frosted at the corners. 
Either way, you know. Ooh, man, it is chilly outside. And then you get straight back into bed. This is the mid-roll. Welcome. We have an electric blanket, and it's cranked up to 10. We are very excited to welcome some new patrons to our community. SF, Emma, Catherine, Jess, Jacob, Alicia, Heather, and Octavio. We have snacks ready for you in the kitchen. Like so many snacks. If you want to join our Patreon party, you can, and more importantly, you should. Eric and I are both podcasting full-time now, and we can only do that because of the support listeners like you pledge to us on Patreon. Your support means stability for us, investment back into the show, and access for you to our amazing patron-only Discord. Trust us, you want in on this. That's all at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. Speaking of, the folks in our Discord must be psychic because they totally guessed that we made new merch! We have shirts, we have stickers, we have brand new designs for Tracy, for Johnny, for Inara, for Alonzo, and for Stoneface. Get your fave on a shirt, on a tote bag, on a shirt and a tote bag. Oh my god, I don't, don't, don't wait on this, guys. I'm totally going to buy a Stoneface pillow. All of that is at jointhepartypod.com merch. Seriously, the stickers are so good. This week, we're sponsored by Far Away, a two-player cooperative board game about exploring a series of sandbox worlds across several branching missions. In order to understand the crushing loneliness of being the only two humans for light years around, players are only allowed to talk to each other in real life when their characters are together in-game. Far Away is great for couples or friends looking to share a story of triumphant survival and hilarious catastrophe. Go to bit.ly slash faraway-game to back their Kickstarter campaign. Pledge by November 11th, 2018 to get a digital or physical copy of the game, cool shirts, swag, and more. That's all at bit.ly slash faraway-game. We're also sponsored this week and every week by 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York, whose co-owner Lauren Belanco is our resident master dungeon master. Every month, we bring her one of our listeners' questions about games and GMing. Today, the question is, I'm the DM for a dungeon crawling campaign. My party's gotten in the habit of gathering all the NPCs they meet to come along with them. It complicates things because the party size has doubled, so my encounters are now too easy and they're treating the NPCs like red shirts, disposable people who can die on their behalf. How do I keep my party in check without taking agency away from my players? Lauren says, take control of the NPCs. Maybe one doesn't want to go along or is too scared to help out in a fight. Put a fork in the road and have a bunch of NPCs band together and politely have a conversation with the party about how they want to form their own party and split off from that group. This could build up over several sessions and create great role-playing opportunities. The party could overhear whispers of NPCs getting disgruntled, saying things like, why are we always the ones to risk our lives? Or look how many we've lost already. Or why would I want to fight for them when I could fight for myself? Good luck. Thanks, Master Dungeon Master. And you, listener, can use the code JOINTHEPARTY in-store or online and save 20% off your purchase at 20-Sided Store. That code again is JOINTHEPARTY. Check them out in person in Brooklyn, New York, or at 20, the full word, sidedstore.com. And now, let's get back to the show. As the wall opens, you hear galloping above your heads. Oh man, the bros have awakened. The three centaur bros are standing outside the bathroom. McHugh looks at the four of you and says, What did you do? We literally just told you to clean stuff. How? I, what is this? It was so dirty in here that you just didn't see this before. That we is entirely possible. So good that the house was like, 
Ha! And then it relaxed too much, and then another room opened. That. That thing happened. It seems our trials are... Yeah, bro, it seems our trials aren't over. McHugh is astounded. He just can't even form words anymore. Hey, Joe, do you know anything about this quote? Retainer, these trials are for you. Pass and be rewarded. Why don't you make a history check on behalf of Joe? Interesting. I will do so. And it seems like retainer is calling someone a retainer. Right? Capital R, retainer. Comma after the word. Yes. Eight. Okay. Joe pushes up his glasses and canters over to the <laughs> open wall and sticks his head in and adjusts his glasses and says, You know, I, I knew what this used to be, but I didn't know that there was anything secret about it. I'm going to have to, I'll put this in, a, in an essay and maybe I'll get advanced placement. Oh, that would be amazing. I can work on my dissertation on the on the curses and cults inside of uh, the concentric states. You're going to kill it. I love it. I think so. What was here before, man? Uh, I knew that the frat house used to be a temple of some sort, but I didn't think that there was anything else here. I mean, you saw the first floor. There are no walls. It's just one big praying, you know, center. As you three are trying to do some investigation work, you notice that Onion has ran over to the dark opening and is trying to shove himself in, but he is too big to make it through the dark doorway. I'll help. And I go over and start pushing him in. <laughs> hey, well, no, I, I, can't, I can't make it. I can't make it. Oh, i sorry. Here, I'll, and I pull him out. Oh, thank you. Oh. Hey, guys. How about as part of our trials, we go in and investigate for you guys and help the, the history of of horse the frat grow yeah sure okay yeah can you deal with this i i don't vanjor walks over to the opening and he goes vanjor and it echoes back to him vanjor 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 and he's like really you know i'm uh you know i'm actually i can fit it i can fit through here I, i'll go check it out with the other pledges we'll take care of it and then we'll be full if we do it we'll be full-fledged horses right Onion says, no, none of us are full-fledged horses. <laughs> <laughs> We're centaurs. Surely this is not the first time that's come up. McHugh says, okay, just take care of it. Fine. You'll get full. You don't have to do any of these dumb pledges anymore. Onion, you have, go to class. You have remedial, you have tutoring right now. There is Spanish tutoring right now. And Onion's, uh, he's like, oh yeah, I should probably go to tutoring. The three larger centaurs, I'll leave you in the bathroom. Here's the thing. I talk a big game, obviously. I am Vanjor, but um, I'm actually <laughs> not like that. You like to say your name a lot, Vanjor. Johnny Be Good Light. I'm Vanjor. Johnny, Johnny Be Good Johnny Light. Johnny Be Good Light. Johnny Be Good Light. Um, but I actually, I'm not very strong or big or skilled or smart. So uh, I don't know if I can take care of this one by just myself. Why don't stand behind, walk behind me and cool, we'll be cool, okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Vanjor, you don't have to be big or strong. Or smart to kill people. Just want to let you know that. <laughs> that's a thing that you wanted to do. I just mean whatever whatever your goal is in life. Like that would be a weird goal to what have in life. Am I right? To say is it only matters how big your heart is. Well, it's over. It's pretty large because you know centaurs have really large. It's like okay, Tracy, you lead the way. Four valve situation or twelve. <laughs> so. All three of you scooch inside of the narrow hallway. We have to go um, sideways? Yeah, you have to go narrow? sideways. Oh. While Vanjor is like trying to hold himself as tightly as possible and walking through. And you walk into a bare stone room. 
as all four of you come inside, you hear a stone shifting against the ground, and you turn around, and there is no entrance behind you. Okay, no well, good. I'm gonna add claustrophobia to my list of fears. I uh, did not know that was a thing for me. It is now. Uh, what's the light situation? Johnny, you know what's funny? As you try to turn the lights on as much as possible, it remains the same dimness. Mm. But in this room, there is an organ that is built into one of the walls. Tracy, don't touch it. How did you know? <laughs> uh, the organ is relatively small, and the keyboard is made of bones. Iron pipes ascend from the organ into the ceiling, and a stone tablet sits where a sheet of music is normally found. I'm going to walk over and look at the stone tablet. Okay. Is there any like markings or musical notation on it? The writing on the tablet reads in the same unknown language that was on the wall. So perhaps Johnny, I will. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> There's some writing here. I look at the writing that I naturally am able to read because I don't know if you know this, guys, but I can read everything. You're extremely wow. literate. Okay. A good boy can dream, but a better boy forges a dark future. You know what I want to do? Yeah. I want to, without consulting anyone, do a thing. Okay. I want to play the notes A, G, B, C, D, B, A, B, B, F, A, D, F. Okay. I want you to roll performance. That is a 19 plus 4 for performance. Johnny, you play the melody perfectly. And as you play all the notes in succession and you hit the final F, you hear uh, the grinding of gears. On the other side of the room, the stone lifts up and another doorway appears. Yeah, th I did a trial like this in my last frat, so this is fairly common. Come on, guys. Johnny, they're not here anymore. It's cool. You can just talk normally. Y yeah, 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 of course I can. Johnny, also, as you hit the last F, the front of the organ falls off. Oh, oh it no. Was, it was really damaged. Like, it was super messed up. And you can, like, see the mechanics of this trap. You see that there is, like, little teeth that correspond with each of the letters that you hit. And there was, like, there was a chain that runs all the way down through the organ into the ground. And you assume that's what pulled up the door. Onward, friends, into the darkness. I, I don't think that's your normal voice either. Did you? Oh, forget? yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You four walk into the next room. And just like before, the stones fall back into place and there is no door. Still okay. Still spooky. This one has a little bit more stuff in it. It's still made out of the same dark stone. It is pretty austere. But in this room, there is a large circular lens suspended from the ceiling in the center of the room. Between the lens and the door is an empty pedestal. On the far wall, where you can kind of assume that there will be a door in the future, there are seven gemstones, one of each color, in order of the rainbow. Words above the gemstone read, If you can read this, you already have what you need to pass, a tool to be manipulated for your purposes. Is this from smaller than the last one, guys? I don't... It's okay, Trace. We're going to be out soon. Okay. Johnny holds out his lantern of undying light and starts moving towards the lens to try to see if he can focus some of the light onto the colors going in Roy G. Biv order. Got it. Okay. You send the light from the lantern through the lens and it hits the wall. And you try to get every single one of the colored gems over the over the door and nothing happens. Okay. All right. Well, I guess uh, I'm going to go try to take some gems. And Tracy walks over and tries to pull one from the wall. Make a strength check. 
16. <laughs> you take two of your big metallic hands and try to pull it out of the wall, and it's pretty wedged in there. You can't get it out. I would like to investigate the pedestal. What's it made out of? Uh, why don't you roll an investigation check? 10 plus 5 for a 15. The pedestal is made out of the same dark stone as everything else, but as you walk over to the pedestal, you see shards of crystal all over the pedestal and kind of on the ground uh, around it. As if something broke while sitting on the pedestal? Yes. So Do you have these glittering rocks from before from yeah. the place? Yes. Uh, from the house from the house yeah 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 out of my pack i'm going to pull some of the glittering like tooth rocks so i both got shards of like unrefined tooth rocks from the the tunnel as we use the mine cart and then also the refined ones after the competition was over once she places it on the pedestal i'm going to aim the light in the lens at that stone cool you shine the light from the lantern again. It fires as a beam through the lens and hits the refined gemstones from Tortopolis. The light explodes into different colors, all of the colors of the rainbow, and uh, shoots itself towards the seven gems on this far wall. Each of the gems lights up with its own burning flame inside of itself, and you hear stone move. And it comes up and up and up, and there is a new doorway. Yeah. Vanjor. Vanjor. All right, guys. I guess the third one's a charm? I mean, I hope this, so. This I'm getting hungry. This room's definitely smaller than the last one, I think. This one is definitely not. It's not okay. I think uh, we need to get out of here quickly. I completely agree, Trace. You are now in the third room. In this room, there is a statue on one wall. It is a disembodied suit of armor carved as if the helmet... Arm plates, chest plate, and flail float on their own. There are remnants of another statue next to the stone door. The door has a dial with numbers 0 through 60 on it, similar to a safe vault. And there are more words on the door. Chai, what's this one say? The sage knows all there is to know, but the room is enchanted to permit only one question. Ask this question wisely. Tracy holds back all of his might to not blur out a question. Well, here's the thing, Tracy. You did just say God aloud. fucking damn it. Oh, no. Well, here's the thing. Nothing happens. But I'm just letting Brandon know that he already asked one question. Brandon is disappointed in himself. So each of us can ask a question? I don't say out loud. I think to myself. <laughs> is there anything... Remarkable about the crushed pieces on the of the other statue? Yeah, you can try you can do an investigation check. I shall. A seventeen plus mm, three for non-natural twenty. Okay. In the rubble of the statue, you can see that there is a hand in there and also like a smiling face of a older man. Okay, so that's the sage. The sage is gone. The sage has been crushed. Right. Right. We've already asked a question, so we can no longer ask any more questions in this room, even though we weren't going to get an answer from it anyway, because it was going to be crushed anyway. I knew that ahead of time, y'all. I mean, you also <laughs> you also knew the rules of the room before, so... I'm very good at D&D. Hey, Vanjor, what's your favorite number? Uh, Zero to 60. <laughs> so did he, I literally rolled an so, so he picks the right number, right? <laughs> 
Jacob's manager says, uh, my favorite number is, uh, it's 49. Hmm. It's a good number. Cause it's, it's square. And there's sevens on all the sides. I just think, I think it's cool. Andor. There's no other like numerical indications anywhere in this room. No. Oh, hold on. You asked Vandor what his favorite number is. Oh, shit. Hachicha. All right. As Johnny turns to Vandor and asks him what his favorite number is, the armor starts to shake as darkness fills up the space in the armor. Each of the individual pieces start to move with disembodied shadow, and the flail is tailed with a darkness that no one can see through. So, you three, roll initiative, and I'm going to average your stuff. Six. I got 15. Um, one. Brandon, this is a systemic problem at this point. The thing is, is that I keep telling you I was that this is a problem. I was going to add my bonus, but it's a crit one, so I don't think I get to. I think Tracy is just too freaked out by his claustrophobia at this point. How Vandor Completely fair. I don't know if he can fight. Vandor rolled an eight. The shadow armor goes first. The armor starts to wheel its flail around, and it attacks Tracy. He has three attacks. What's your save, bud? 16. A 15 does not hit. Does not hit. A 17 does hit. Does hit. Does a 26 hit? No. Oh, okay. The first time the armor attacks at you, the flail flies over your head, but the second time it hits you right in the center of the chest. And you take seven points of damage from that bludgeoning. Good. Unfortunately, after it collides with your chest piece, you feel shadow running through you and just pulling the life out of you, and you take an extra 18 damage. And I want you to make a constitution saving throw. 23. You're almost overcome by the shadow, but you fight it off, and you, from the other attack from the flail, you take another uh, nine points of damage. You take 34 points of damage in total. Jesus. Oof. All right, what are you guys doing? I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt. It's a 19. Uh, well, it's good that it's a 19 because that just beats its armor class. Damn, 20, good roll. It's a 20 plus four plus two and it's radiant damage. And then also we all have advantage against this guy now. Johnny, you do 52 points of damage to this shadow elemental. Great, that makes me very happy to hear. And now it is glittering and it is very unhappy with Jonathan. Great. How's the creature looking at this point? Uh, it looks unhappy, but and it is very unhappy that he just got pretty wrecked, but it's still alive and kicking. Uh, Inara's gonna get into a bit of a like defensive stance uh, with the dagger in, in her left hand and with her right, reach up to her cloak and pull the patch with a lantern embroidered on it right off of the cloak. Okay. As you pull the patch off of the cloak that Cole gave you, you feel like the patch actually has some weight to it. Ooh. And you really have to tug on it. You pull and you you loosen all of the thread and holds the patch to the cloak. And instead of a patch in your hand, you were holding a heavy metal lantern. I'm gonna thrust it up as high as I can reach it and point it at the creature. It shoots just like this searing purple light ray at the shadow creature, and I want you to roll 3d10. 
nine total. So with the nine points of damage, that gets double because it is radiant damage, even though it's purple. So that does 18 points of damage. All right. I'm going to back slightly behind Johnny and whisper, thanks, Cole. Tracy, it's your turn. Tracy backs into a corner. He's a little scared to put up mildly and he's uh, not feeling so hot. So he's going to back into a corner and lay out one of his legs and use the sawbone. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, beans, doctor, heal thyself. Am I yeah. right? Yeah, he's going to hold down his own leg, his own thigh with his, his left arm and then with the axe, reach back, close his eyes and wince them as hard as he can and oh. hit his own leg with a sawbone. All right, let's start with a constitution saving throw to see if you can, you'll actually do this. 18. Yeah, you you steal yourself, so you know that this is the best thing for you. All right, so here's how the sawbone works. First, I want you to roll a d10 for the damage done, and then I want you to roll a d20 for the healing done. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with the d20, I rolled an 11. Okay, good. And with the d10, I rolled a 10. <laughs> Listen, it could have been... It could have been worse. A crit fail on the heel. You got one health out of this. That's true. You you gain one health. How does it feel to get one health? So the axe tip sort of glows orange as he swings it down. Mm-hmm. You can't really see it because he's wincing right now. But he gets a bad angle and it bounces off his leg a little bit. Cuts off some of the metal of his leg. And um, the orange transfers to his leg, but it sort of like sparks out. Tracy is still terrified and he's going to stay in this corner. Good, sounds good. So Vanjor is going to run over to the dial and he is going to try to put in his favorite number. I wrote another nat 20. <laughs> oh, Vanjor, am I right? Vanjor, you got this. I'm getting a hat that says Vanjor on it. Yeah, Vander goes over to the dial, spins it to 49, and you hear the rumbling of stone as you heard before, oh my and the door opens. This is the same thing as all the other rooms. Once we run through, the door should shut, right? I mean, it, fair enough. I think so. Tracy, you go. And I'm going to be standing between Tracy and the shadow. Tracy closes his eyes as tight as he can, puts a shield in front of him, and barrels towards the door. Okay, I want you to make a dexterity roll to see if you can get around the, the shadow dude. 10? I think you're definitely going to get through, but I'm going to do an, an attack to see if I can if I hit you on the way out. Okay, what's your AC? Uh, 16. Okay. You hustle by the uh, shadow armor, and uh, he tries to take a swing at you uh, with another one of his uh, shadowy flail, uh, and this time he goes wide left, and you make it through the door. Oh, my God. Oh. And I collapse on the floor. So I'm going to attack three times against Johnny B. Good light. Great. And before he does, I have Warding Flare. All attack rolls from this creature have disadvantage. Oh, beans. Okay. Does a 17 hit? That one does hit. Okay. Damn. Does 15 hit? Yes. Okay. Does 17 hit? Yes. Okay. Johnny, unfortunately, even with your Warding Flare, the flail hits you three times. You don't get the Shadow Strike like Tracy took on, but you do get hit for 24 points of damage in total. Which leads me with 24 health. There you go. Johnny, I got your back. 
So I'm gonna run toward the exit to the room. I'm gonna stand just outside where I think the the stone is going to be falling Mm -hmm. and point the lantern toward the shadow creature. Okay, I want you to roll another 3d10. 16. All right, you got 16 points of radiant damage, which then becomes 32 points of radiant damage. Again, purple beam of light fires out of your lantern and collides right in the chest piece of this shadowy armor monster man. It's looking pretty bad off, and you knock it back. I do want to cover Johnny so that he can run past me, and then we can hopefully watch the door shut right in front. Hell yeah. I'm going to, and as I'm running, I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast. I have a non-natural 20. Okay. Non-natural 20. That hits. So I'm going to do 19. You destroy that thing. Oh, okay. Fish, what does it look like when you kill it? So I'm doing like full action boy, like running, like old man running. And then from my finger guns to Eldritch Blasts of almost pure light, the first one hits and it absorbs it. It looks like it starts cracking. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, like almost as if it just takes over all the darkness and it becomes a thing of light and then it collapses. All the pieces just collapse on the floor. I like it. That, and that is exactly what happens. And as you watch the armor clatter to the floor, the stone door comes down, and you are in the final room. This room is bare, except for an altar on the far side of the room. On the altar is a statue of a lamp, and it looks a lot like the lamp that Johnny carries. But the door on the other side of the room is open, and you can see the fall weather of Chronopolis outside. On the altar is an unlit candle. And the altar reads in common. To the retainer of the destroyer of stars, the one foretold to come, the reader of all tongues, the bearer of the cursed lamp, the wielder of light and darkness, triumphant over the aged trials, this gift shall be yours to aid the harbinger of darkness, bring an era of new night. And uh, Vandra says, oh, wait, we we made it. There's the, there's the outside. That's the... How is that possible? That's the cafeteria. <laughs> I, I'm go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Vanjor. Vanjor. I will follow Vanjor out the tunnel and kind of give a glance to Tracy and Johnny behind me like, you guys are coming, right? Tracy follows Anara, and as he's nearly in the cafeteria, he stops in the door frame and watches Johnny. To aid the harbinger of darkness, bring a new era of night. I, I I just feel bad because I want to like like take the time and I would be meditating right now but there's also like we don't have a lot of it would be light the candle I don't know I'm trying to like corrupt this into what I want it to be so I mean I already have the lantern of the undying light I might as well take the lantern of undying shadow holding the lantern of undying light I look at this stone lantern of darkness and briefly thinking about wanting to choose a path that includes both darkness and light. It makes sense if I want a gift that also can help bring darkness as I already bring light. And I cast Prestidigitation to light the candle. Johnny, what are you doing? As you light the candle, you feel all of the light, the dim light in the room it starts to drain and it's like everything is moving towards the candle the flame is deep purple with a dark black ember in the middle of it 
And you can even see from behind you that the light from the fall from outside is getting pulled that way as well. It's like twilight is quickly falling upon the campus. Tracy sees the darkness start encroaching and uh, shakes his head slightly and walks to the door. I'm going to grab the stone lantern and try to pull it out as if it were an actual lantern. Sure, make a strength check. Five? Okay. Yeah, with a five, you can't move that statue. As you're pulling on the stone lantern, you're having like an understanding of the thing inside of your lantern, and the shadow that lurks in there is creeping out of the lamp and is moving its way towards the candle. It creeps and creeps up there, and then it becomes the black center of the flame. I will blow it out and then grab the candle. As you lean over to blow, you feel like you're getting pushed in the chest. You're trying to lean over to blow it out, and you literally just can't, and you're getting pushed. There is like a magnetic opposite between the candle and you. It's pulling you out of the door into the now fading light of the university campus. I'm going to cast Sacred Flame on it, uh, opposite of dark, but also with any fire type thing, it manipulates the air around it to, like, fuel it, so hypothetically taking the air away from the candle as I just whoosh it with the good fire. 21. What does Sacred Flame look like? Most spells come from my hands or from me. Instead, this is a radiance that descends onto the candle itself, surrounds it, and pushes the fire out. You lower your radiance down upon the candle, and it's like the dark flame and the radiance is like rubbing up against each other and creating sparks, like they're battling for supremacy. And the Sacred Flame lowers down, snuffs the dark candle out, and the light around you, on the campus, in the room, it comes back to normal. You're thrown out of the darkness door. You even hear like a door slam behind you. And as you three and Vandor turn around to see where you came from, there's nothing there. Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fichet, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The party doesn't stop here. The day after every episode comes out, we publish the after party 
where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Send us your questions anytime. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.